at your feet. We thank you for your word that you have preserved this, Lord, for centuries for us to read. And we, God, we pray, God, that as uh, we meditate on it, as we open it, that you would speak to us in a new and perhaps fresh way that we have not heard before, Lord, but that we need. So we ask you presence here in a strong way in Jesus Christ. Well, you're in for a great uh, time today because you're in, as the investors would say, on the ground level. You're right here at the beginning. This is the first week of a sermon series simply called The Word. And we're going to be focusing on this the next few weeks, culminating on Christmas Eve with The Word in John chapter 1. And then it's going to launch us. It's like getting us ready for a sermon series that starts in January. I'll talk about that at the end. But today we're going to talk about The Word and really like what is its purpose and how does it affect you or how should it affect you great, great way. So when you think about it, you're thinking, okay, wait, this is Advent, which is a preparation for Jesus' birth. People call it Advent, look forward to Christmas. We're a couple weeks out. Usually, if I've gone to a church before and we were at this time of year, there's going to be sermon series called like The Gift, you know, or Hope, Love, Peace. You know, those are great. Those are great. But how in the world did you get the word? Where did you guys come from that? Well, guess what? We didn't, I got to tell you every week, we didn't make this up. God had been planning this, I know, for quite some time. Can you think about it? Okay. The guy's name is John. He was one of the disciples, one of the inner circle of Jesus. Jesus had three guys he would take with him all the time to special things. And John wrote an autobiography of Jesus called The Gospel of John. And think about it, the way he starts it. He says this in John chapter 1. Instead of starting like Matthew and Luke do, where they give you the, the Christmas, the birth there, how Jesus was. John starts differently. He says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word in the beginning was with God, and the Word was God. He's talking about Jesus right now, okay? So in the beginning was the Word, and he calls him the Word. And then a few verses later, in verse 14, he says, and the Word, that's Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So he's using the idea of the Word, talking, like making it synonymous with Jesus, and we use the word word in all sorts of different ways, right? Like we, like someone, if like if your boss tells you, I want to have a word with you, that's not a good thing. You're like, maybe tomorrow I'm out of here. <laughs> or if you talk about, this is the word of God. People know that you're talking about the Bible. <coughs> this is the word. And then Jesus is the word. So today we're going to unpack that. We're going to really have that connection between what is this word? And how does Jesus fit into that in terms of it speaking to you individually? Okay, how does that come out? So if you want to follow along, we have an outline printed for you. If you're joining us online or you're here, you can check out the Version Bible app, Y-O-U version. And simply uh, click on the St. John, Mansfield, Texas uh, area. You know, sign up for that and click on events. And it will have the whole outline here for you. We're also going to start off a little in the New Testament, but we're going to end up in Psalm chapter 1. In the Old Testament, Psalm 1, about halfway through your Bible. So, if we are talking about the Word and we want to start with the Word, one of the most important questions we can start with is this What's the purpose of this book, the Word? If someone were to ask you that, this whole big book with 66 different letters and books making make into one big book, and there's a lot going on there, and they were written over a thousand-year period, all this kind of stuff, different authors. What's the purpose of this? You think it has one purpose? I have a few purposes, but you know what? What is the purpose of this? And you might answer in a few ways, and you might answer one way, 
but you use it in a different way, right? You might answer in one way and you say, well, I use it as a guide, okay? Maybe you use it as a guide where you're like, I'm going to, uh, you, you know, a few years ago it was pretty popular, that Daniel fast, that Daniel diet, okay? People, this was a huge, and there's books being sold, now you can find dozens of them at half-price books. It's called the Daniel diet, right? The people thought, I can go to God's word, I'm going to find a little portion of it, and I'm going to have a guide on how to eat vegetarian and fast and all this kind of stuff, and I'm going to look great. The Daniel diet. Or you could use it as a reference. Like, you're like, i got to find, I'm anxious, i got to find something on anxiety. You can use a, use a reference, you know, just something on love. That's a, that's a good, it's okay to use it that way, but that may be the only way. You're like, I'm just going to look at those few verses that tell me about exactly what I think I need today. Now, some of you might use it, I, I don't think any of you do this, but some of you might use it as a hammer. And I don't mean a hard back going boom. I mean like over like neighbors, political acquaintances, people that will be coming to your house called family in a couple weeks. You use this as a hammer, and you're like, listen to what God's word says. I wouldn't recommend that. Not in that way. But you know what? God has a purpose, and it, it, it tells us in, in a couple places, actually, what the purpose of this book is. We're going to look again at John. I was talking about John chapter 1. We're going to look at the end of his book in John chapter 20, verses 30 through 31. It says this. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of which are not recorded in this book, and oh, how I wish they were. Wouldn't that be cool? Verse 31, but these are written. Why? That you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. <clears throat> now, there's one reason. He says, my gospel is written for this, but we take this as the whole, the whole book of God, that it was written so that you can believe and have life in his name. In fact, that's what this whole Bible is about. This word is not about you, it's about Jesus. In fact, all of the Old Testament, that, that first two-thirds of it, that is all pointing forward to Jesus, his life on the cross. Whether there are prefigurements of him, whether there's prophecies of him, they are pointing forward to Jesus. And everything on the other side that we call the New Testament is looking back and talking about what did happen in those, the, the life of Jesus and what he did. So, it's written about Jesus, but it's written for you. Right? Because you may know about Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, and that you may have life in his name by believing that. So, that's pretty cool. That's hard to get sometimes when you're just looking at a few verses. It made me think as I was studying for this and preparing for this of, you know, how do we use it on a regular basis? And I thought, you know, there's some things in my life that I may or may not use on a regular so here's something that I, we have at home. This is our work. And you can tell, you're like, I thought he had something like that. You know, by, can you see it on the screen right there? Those of you over in India? Anyway, um, watch this. We're glad you're here. So we have two things here. And one on the left is a rowing machine. And I was a collegiate rower when I got done rowing years ago. I bought this particular model, and this lasted me over 20 years. I love it. And I'll go back and forth throughout the years. Sometimes I'll run. Sometimes I'll get a rowing kick. The last couple months, I've been on a rowing kick. And I row about five days out of the, out of the seven each week. And about a month ago, the most exciting thing for me happened. My wife started rowing. And I love it. You know, and, and I'm telling you, 
together, you stay together. <laughs> this works. Because a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks into it, she, she came, I came home, and she came, and she said, yeah, I'm feeling it right here. But she said, I don't know if my form is right. Can you, can you help me? And I'm a guy. I'm like, that's respect. <laughs> yes, I can help you. I can teach you. I'm the man. Yeah. So anyway, it was great. I would love to teach her how to do it. She does a great job of growing. Okay? We get a lot out of that rowing machine. About three years ago, we moved into our new neighborhood. And on Facebook, we saw this guy across the street was selling this apparatus on the right. I was told it was like, someone told me last service, it was a, a power tower. I don't know what it is. I can tell you, you know where this is going, right? So this has where you can do these crunches, these ups and downs, and these pull-up things. And uh, in three and a half years, you know how many times I've used that for crunches? <laughs> one, one hand. Three times. And one time when the boys came over, the girl, the, the, the high school kids, they were excited, and we did these pull-ups once. <laughs> we use it for hanging up clothes all the time. <laughs> now, which one of these do you think I'm getting things out of that God intended for their purpose to be? Right? Yeah, God, I'm getting it out there. That thing. My wife asked me a couple days ago, she said, hey, do you think we should sell that? I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm using this in the message this week. This is serving me well. So the question with this is, what do you get out of this? How do you use it? Is it your rowing machine or is it your uh, pull-up apparatus? Is it just sitting there? You're like, I think I know about it. At least they have it here. It's like almost like a good luck charm. It's by my bed. Or is is it something that that you open, that you live, that you so no matter what your answer is on that, there is room to grow. Today you're here hearing this for a reason. It's not by accident you're hearing this or you're listening to this. Because God wants to do something in you. He wants to create the purpose of this book in your heart so that you can get out of it what he intended for you to get out of it. That's how it works. This is a powerful, powerful word. So one more verse on, on this uh, purpose thing. Okay? You look in Romans chapter 10. And look what, 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 what's written here. It says, consequently, okay, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So there's that word again. But check this out. When John talks about the word I was referencing, he keeps using the word called logos, 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 the word. There's a, a less common word in the Greek language that this is written in called rhema. And check out what rhema means. Rhema means this. Rhema has a deeper meaning of it's an active living word. So I want you to think of that translation when I read this again. It says, and the message is heard through the active, living word about Christ. This is not just paper and ink. These words do something. They're active, they're living. If you read this and you're like, ah, you know I always try to memorize these things and I just forget about lunchtime. That's okay, you know what? Just like you don't remember what you ate two weeks ago for dinner, it's still working on you. Might be still in you, right? <laughs> but think about it. You open this word, it is active, it's living, it will, God, it will do something. God's word says that all over. So, this is what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to live in a way of, of trying to believe this is true. That there's so much more waiting for you in Scripture. Can you think about that? There's so much more waiting for you in Scripture. If you live that way, you're like, I can't wait to open it again. I can't wait to use it as a 
last illustration about this before we jump into Psalm 1. You can use the Bible kind of like a cookbook. Let's say you use a cookbook and you're going to go grocery shopping. How many of you actually use your cookbooks or grocery shop where you actually make a list, a grocery list? See, it's, it's, it's a good question because it's much more effective to actually have your grocery list. If you just took your cookbook and said, okay, I'm going to have roast tonight and I'm going to have a pie afterwards. You will go to the store and you will get everything on that list for the roast. You will get everything on there for the pie and you will have a fabulous dinner and dessert one night. And if you are going to eat the rest of the week and you use the cookbook as opposed to a grocery list, you're not here up a creek. Your week isn't going to be as fulfilled unless you get you don't get tired of leftovers. But if you use God's word not just as that one component, but as a whole, you say, you know what, I'm going to jump into here. It's not just my guy. It's not just my reference book. It's not just my hammer. I want to use this word as God intended. Well, let's start to figure out. So we're going to start in Psalm chapter 1 to kind of launch this, this series called The Word and look at just the Word alone, okay? Just at what God has to say here. We're not going to get outside influences. What does God say? So we're going to start in Psalm 1. And it's a great place to start because there are 150 psalms. And you know you got to be a special psalm to be like the first one of 150. And God has this one there. And think about how God starts this off here. He starts off talking about the word in general. And we're going to read these three verses, and we're going to unpack it together. He says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way of the sinner, nor take the seat, a seat in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So, Tom, if you can go back to that first verse, that'd be super helpful. It says blessed. Okay? Starts with the word blessed. How cool is that? When we're talking about God's word, the first thing God wants to say is when we're talking about being in his word, we're going to talk about how you are or are not blessed. Some of you may already think you know what that word means. You're like, if I'm blessed, seen it on TV. If I'm blessed, I'm prosperous, getting lots of money, happy, life is good, I'm blessed. That may be a component of it, but that's not all of it. The word blessed in its, in its raw form means to be content or fulfilled. Don't you want that? Regardless of the external circumstances or things you do or don't have or what people do or don't say or how they act, don't you want to be blessed Is the one. And notice what God does here in this psalm. He starts off with the negative and it goes to the positive. So, if you want to be blessed, here's how not to do it. And to streamline it for you, he has three negatives. And he's talking about sitting with mockers or sinners or however you want to translate this. So it's just saying they're all three the same. They're not good for you. They're against God's word. They're giving you wrong, wrong guidance. Notice the actions that he puts in here. He says... You're not blessed if you walk with the, the, the sinner, if you stand with the sinner, and you sit with them. Let's unpack that. What is God guiding there for you? He's saying, you know, you can hear a different teaching or a political view. 
or something that you think, man, I want to get on that bandwagon. I'm tired of that. I'm jumping on that. And you can hear it, and the first thing God says is you can, you can walk with them. That's not good. And then you can think, I like what I'm hearing here. This is a new thing, and it's, you know, I, who cares what God's word says? I'm going to jump. And then, so you're walking, then you stand. That means you stop and get more of it. Then you sit. You see the progression? It's real smooth. The devil works this way. He's, he lures you in in a slow way. I'm going to
the counselor, the prince of peace, the active and living word. I want to see what does God have to say? Where about all that is going on, not just my sickness, but the anxiety that comes with it, the fear, right? The guidance on uh, what do I do? And maybe I'll find a, a godly person that is also into God's word that's going to be my teammate in this, and we're actually reading the word together, and to have that as my counsel to help me understand God's word, that, that is the sweet spot. That's where God's talking about in Psalm 1. And the last one is this. Where, not only where do you get your counsel, but where are you planted? Where are you planted? Are you close to God's word? Are you going to plant yourself away from it? Because we talked about like a, a tree planted by streams of living water. And I, I think of this psalm every year when I go to my special place in Wyoming. I love going to Wyoming. And every year I go, there's two things I want to show you here that totally remind me of this psalm. The first one is this is about 9,000 feet. This is where you're getting up there, and eventually you're going to get above tree line, okay, 9,000 feet. The trees are skinny, and what else do you know about the trees? They're all over what? The ground. Yeah, the trees are all over the ground. And I hate this. Like, I'll spend about a week each summer, and I'll clear about an acre, and I'll come back the next year, and there's more trees on the ground. It's rather frustrating. And you know why? Because these are lodgepole pines, and they're, they're tall, a big plume at the top, skinny, and they have a very shallow root system. And just a little bit will blow them down. And it happens all the time. Like, I'm there that week. And I'll, it'll get windy. I'll hear another tree fall. And knock one over. I'm like, you might just clean that up. you got to be kidding me, God. Or we go down just about 500 feet into a valley where the North Fork of the Powder River flows. And this is what we find. We find my Andy there. No, behind it, behind it, this is the best picture I, I could have. Can't see that well, but there are huge trees back there. I had thought of, you know, this sermon's so important. I had thought of asking Pastor John if I could actually take a week to go to Wyoming just to get a good picture <laughs> of those trees, but I didn't ask him because we're pretty busy. We have a lot going on, you know. But if you look back there, there are some huge trees, trees that are so big that some of them it's hard for us to get our, our arms wrapped around them. But my mind can wrap around the, the philosophy of that really well. Because I look, and that water flows 24, 7, 365 days a year. That's cold water. But these trees, they're protected from the wind, but most importantly, they are planted right next to the living water source. Their roots are probably deep. I imagine those roots, if you could get a 3D of it, the roots probably wrap underneath that, that, that whole river. And they're strong. So my question to you, do you want to be planted up by the tree line at 9,000 feet all by yourself up there? Or do you want to be planted by the streams of living water? If you've answered yes to the latter question, say, I want to be, I want to be one of those big trees, we have something for you. This is what we're going to do. We are going to read through the Bible in 2022. Read through the Bible in 2022. And this is how we would invite you to do it with us. There's a lot of different ways to do it. This is what we want to invite you to do. We are going to, as a church and as groups and individuals, you name it, we are going to be using the YouVersion app. We talk about that often, the YouVersion app. And on it, there is a read-through-the-year study from the Bible Project. And if you start this study, it's really cool. They have videos that will intro each book for you in the Bible. You kind of get an overview and you go through it. You'll be able to actually take notes and if you want, which is super cool, you can invite friends or even your small group or your family in Michigan or Florida or California. You can invite your family, friends, to be your friend on that. They can put notes and you can share and read it together and see how God is speaking. 
So here's what you do. This is super easy. You're going to text the word word. Isn't that easy? Word to 833-440-0137. And once you do that, you'll get a link. It takes you exactly to that study. But here's what I'm asking you to do. Sign up, but don't start. Because we're all going to start on January 1st together. So if you sign up and you start, you're going to be ahead of us. We want to do it as a family. And you're like, this guy is nuts. He spent the whole sermon telling me to get into the Word. Now he's saying, don't start until January 1st. Here's our solution. This is Christmas time, Advent season. Jump into Luke 1, 2. Jump into Matthew 1 through 3. Start reading some stuff, maybe in the early gospel sections, that will get you so excited to celebrate Jesus' birth. Okay, get in the Word. But just don't start this thing until January 1st. So, check it out. Text word and join us as we live.